Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. Welcome to Spirit Katana, episode 11. I'm one of your three hosts, the old man. I'm Ruby. And I'm Jadefire. And together we are venturing through the New Testament. We started in Luke and um, only did one of the Gospels, and now we're um, wrapping up 1 Corinthians this week, uh, chapters 9 through 16. Um, Let's see what we've learned this time around, eh? All right, starting with chapter nine. Do do you have any highlights you want to share, Ruby? Me? Um, there were a lot of um, Old Testament things and people saying things. So I highlighted a lot of those. Let me see if I had a favorite word. Oh, I also had. I like the part where he's where it's um in verse twenty. How could a human be molded out of clay and say to the one who molded him, Why in the world did you make me this way? That's like, God's the one who molded us out of clay in a way. And then we can't say to him, Why did you make me this way? Or, I mean, we kind of could, but we should be thankful that we're here. (laughs) (laughs) How about you, Jadefire? Do you have any highlights you want to share from this chapter? Um, yeah, uh... Mm, I have uh, a note on ch- on First Corinthians nine seven through nine, and uh, on fifteen and twenty six. Would you like to share what you enjoyed about those? Sure. <laughs> so, um, my highlights, my um, so I'll read seven through nine, um. Who serves a soldier at his own expense? Who plants a vineyard and does not eat its grapes? Who tends a flock and does not drink the milk? Do I say this merely on human authority? Doesn't the law say the same thing? For it is written in the law of Moses, Do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain. Is it about oxen that God is concerned? Um, I thought that was weird because, of course, people would... Um, eat grapes and drink the milk, and I I'm curious about um the verse eight. I say this merely on human authority. Doesn't the law say the same thing? Like no, do I say this on merely human authority? Mm, like what does it mean? Uh, he's asking the questions. Who serves as a so like he's basically pointing out that people do not serve or plant and work these things or take care of these flocks. Without planning in enjoying the fruits of their labor. Mm-hmm. So he's just saying, like, doesn't anybody do this? Yeah, we all do this. Um, and it's in context with what happened in, earlier in the passage. Um, this is my defense to those who sit in judgment on me. Don't we have the right to food and drink? Don't we have the right to take a believing wife along with us, as do the other apostles and the Lord's brothers in Cephas? Or is it only I and Barnabas who lack the right to not work for a living? 
Do we not get to work for a living? Is basically what he's saying. Do we get to still work hard and get the fruits of our labor? We don't just serve just to serve. We also get to take part in some of this stuff. <laughs> and I mean, people were you probably should just serve to serve what and starve to death. I meant like help out just to help out. Not oh, for sure, for sure. They're not talking about a reward though. They're talking about eating and drinking. Yeah. And I think people were judging him for taking part in some of the meals and things like that or something. As if he didn't earn it or something. I don't know. I don't know. The, I don't. I would have to go back through it all again. Um, so yeah, that's kind of what he's pointing out. And he's like, and I don't say this just on human authority because the law says the same thing. Which, the, where did the law come from? Moses? Or God? Exactly. But they're saying it's the law of Moses. Because Moses wrote it down. Wait, I thought, isn't Moses the guy who went up on the mountain and God gave him the... Ten Commandments? Yeah. Yeah. He wrote them down on something else, though, that's yeah. not stone tablets. Oh. And it's not just the Ten Commandments. There was a lot more laws that were written after that, too. And they were given to Moses by God. So, yeah, it's called the Law of Moses because he's the one who got it <laughs> and wrote it down for everybody. Yeah. But it's God's law. <laughs> All right. Um. So does that make sense for you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And what else was your other, what was your other thing? 15 and 26. Okay. 15. But I have not used any of these rights, and I am not writing... Oh. Uh, and I am not writing in the hope that you will do such things for me. For I would rather die than allow anyone to deprive me of this boast. I'm just, like, trying to wrap my head around this. Like, what does it mean? Um... Let's see, so if others had the right of support from you, shouldn't we have it all the more? But we did not use this right. On the contrary, we put up with anything we put up with anything rather than hinder the gospel of Christ. Don't you know that those who serve in the temple get their food from the temple, and that those who serve at the altar share in what is offered on the altar? In the same way the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. But I have not used any of these rights. And I'm not writing this in the hope that you will do such things for me. So he's like, you guys support other people. You, We even deserve that support more. Like how, you know, people give to missionaries and things like that. That's what they mean by support. Like giving them food, drink, money, whatever. And you, and the people who served in the temple at the altars when people sacrificed, the priests got to have some of that. That's how they were, that's how they were taken care of. So that's how he should be taken care of, but because... It would hinder the gospel to them because they don't see it that way for whatever reason. He works. He makes tents. <laughs> so he's just trying to say, like, I can take this. I deserve to have some of this. But because I don't want to hinder your belief and think that I'm only doing this to get paid and fed, I am also working. <laughs> That's what he's saying. Gotcha. And so then... it's all connected to your other questions <laughs> that you had. And then 26. 26. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. I just thought that was kind of funny, mainly the boxer part. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't seem like him to be a box, like to be a boxer. <laughs> well, basically, he's just saying I don't hmm. do things without purpose. Like yeah. I'm not running. Yeah, I, I have a direction. That. I just thought that I'm was really like I'm. I'm not doing this just out of nothing. Like I thought that was really yeah, funny. It is funny. So I decided to highlight that. Um, my main highlight here was verse 20. To the Jews, I became like a Jew, to win the Jews. To those under the law, I became like one under the law, though I myself am not under the law, so as to win those under the law. So, like, 
people still followed the law to a point where they didn't need to anymore, like the old law that was fulfilled. Mm-hmm. Like some people still do even today with certain things, like eating certain types of meat and things like mm-hmm. that, right? And clean. And, well, what's, yeah. And so if you were to win those kind of people over and you're going into their area, you are going to eat like they eat. You are yeah. going to do show the same customary things as long as they're not against God that they do. And that's what he did. He was everything to everybody. Like, mm-hmm. he acted and followed the culture and the norms of the people that he was preaching to so that it did not hinder his word, the good news that he was trying to preach to them. Because otherwise they'd be too focused. They'd all be like, oh, well, he eats all this meat, so, like, obviously he's not really one of us. He's not a Christian. He doesn't believe in God's law, you know? So that's what he did. Like, because we've had verses. Like, the last chapter, chapter 8, which we did last time, was all about, if it's going to cause my brother to stumble, I will never eat meat again. Yeah. So he understands to sacrifice his own freedoms, because he has the freedom to do it. He can do whatever in those in those areas. He, you know, there's, there are sins that you're not supposed to be doing. But he has plenty of freedom. And he sacrifices those when he needs to to help build up other people. Because knowledge, or love builds up. Knowledge can be used to divide and destroy. I forget what exactly it says. Let me see. It's right at the beginning of the last chapter. I'm pretty sure. But knowledge puffs up while love builds up. So knowledge benefits himself, but then it's going to cause everybody else to stumble, right? right. Well, not everybody, but those that are not understanding what freedoms are available to them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. And it's just very important for us to know, like, that's that's what, that's what we should be striving to do. Mm-hmm. We should be willing to sacrifice the rights we have, the freedoms we have, the desires we have to help others. Instead of letting those desires, freedoms, and wants, or whatever, overcome us and cause us to even sin, even if it wouldn't necessarily cause somebody else to stumble, because they would also have a right to do certain things. They should not block out. And that is your main highlight? From that one, yeah. Okay. Because it's just really, it's really good to remember that, like, we should be loving people where they are at. We shouldn't be working on, like, the main goal when we go into those places is be like, hey, you don't have to follow these practices. Yeah. No, we should be teaching them the good news of Christ. Then they can learn the rest later if that happens. But the most important thing is to turn to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Their eternal salvation, as opposed to them living under restrictions here that they don't need to, is much more important. All right, chapter 10. Chapter 10. I highlighted nothing. So I highlighted 8 and 9. Okay. Oh, well, Whoa, yeah. You highlight it up. Yeah, All right, well, give just... us uh, 8 and 9. Just a sec, let me just find my all yeah. Alright. Eight and nine. Um we should not commit sexual immorality as some of them did in twenty three thousands of them. And in one day, twenty three thousand of them died. We should not test Christ as someone of as some of them did and were killed by snakes. Why'd you highlight that? Um well, I highlighted eight because of it, because, um, that's just so many who died in one day. Yep. Like, that's all, like, I feel like that's, like, almost the entire earth. Because <laughs> it's so many. 23,000 people died. I think you underestimate how many people populate this earth. By yeah, quite by, a bit. By at this time, but back then, maybe yeah. he's talking about like Noah's Ark. Uh, right well, there. I feel like there were a lot of people back then because 
people live to a very old age, so they could have probably have children for a little longer. They'd stop having children. There are billions of 7. people. 7.837 billion. As of 2021. Yeah. They haven't calculated for 2022. Billion. Not thousand. Not million. Billion. But I'm talking about back then. I think there were still plenty of people on the earth. <laughs> it, wouldn't, it wasn't the first time that many thousands of people died in one day. Still, that's like... God sent t- an earthquake and swallowed people, your people up after the whole thing about the scouting out the promised land. Okay. Do you remember that story at all? Yeah. And they came and gave a bad report because they're like, oh man, there's, there's giants there, it's awful, we can't go up against it. And one of them was like, no, no, no. God's with us. We can do it. He told us to go. But then they didn't go. Because the others were more convincing. And so then they were destroyed. And then they're like, actually, let's go. And so, But then God wasn't with them anymore because they chose not to go. And so then they went against God again. And it did not go well. And a lot of their wars, plenty of people died in one day. <laughs> Jericho, plenty of people died in that one day. As in the entire city of Jericho. Except for one woman and her family. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, anywho. it's not uncommon for a lot of people to die at once. Anywho, um, and then the them dying of the snakes. Yep. That was like something we like heard, like kind of saw it recently in the Chosen, where like as long if they look up at the snake on the cross, mm-hmm. and I feel like it's talking about that moment. Yeah, it could be. But then again, couldn't. Well, they're talking about, um, yeah, they're talking about some of the stuff about Moses and everything. Oh, yeah. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them. Their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Um, yeah, he's ta- it sounds like he's talking about when they were wandering around in the wilderness. Okay. So that would include the snake time. Yeah. Like, they all got bitten by snakes. Mm-hmm. And, and plenty, then... many of them died from it. Yeah, but not 23,000. <sighs> yeah, we weren't given the number for that one. You are correct. Um... You have some highlights, Ruby. I know you have more, Jade. Fire, yes. But. At first, I was looking at the rock chapter, so okay. I, I thought I had much less highlights than I actually do. Um, which one? I have a lot. Cool. You guys can all cover up my lack of highlights. Do you have what you? You said you had zero, right? For ten, yeah. Um, one part I liked was in verse two. Where it talks about they were all baptized into the cloud of glory. I was a little bit confused about that. Does that mean they were just baptized? They were all baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. That's our version. That our ancestors were all under the cloud and they all passed through the sea. Yeah, okay. So, like, he's basically saying they were baptized in a very different situation uh, than we have now. But basically, they were baptized into Moses... In the cloud and in the sea. What was the cloud? Uh, I don't know. God was in the cloud leading them. Remember? Oh, okay. And the sea is what split and they walked through. Oh. They were brought up through. They were saved. They were basically resurrected because they were doomed and enslaved in Egypt. And they were freed. They've been baptized through the cloud and sea into Moses with the new law. That Well, the law that was being put uh, into written form. (laughs) Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. I have more highlights. Yep. Um, I liked verse um three, four, and five. Okay. Um, they all ate the same heavenly manna. I think that's what talking about when they were in the wilderness and mm-hmm. they were sent food. 
and drank water from the same spiritual rock when Moses hit the rock that traveled with them, and the that rock was Christ Himself. Um. Yet God was not pleased with most of them, and their dead bodies were scattered around the wilderness. Does that mean like when, because they were dying in the wilderness? Uh, some of them were. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? I honestly can't say I fully understand the way this is written. Okay. Um. In fact, I don't know if I've ever paid this close attention to it before. But you like bringing it up with like the rock being Christ and stuff, and I'm like, I mean, I think he's just using that. I didn't know the rock traveled. Like, it says the rock traveled with them, so I don't know what that means at all. Well, I mean, Christ was kind of with them. God was with them. God was with them. Christ was not. The rock. And I'm just wondering if the rock is something they brought with and kept striking to get water out of? I don't know. Like, that was I thought, like a big boulder. I thought it was different rocks, yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. But it seems that he's comparing the idea of getting water from the rock, and Christ is our rock, and he is our living water. So I think that's what's being said here. Okay. I honestly don't know for sure. I'm, I might be wrong even on some of the other stuff I said. Like, I'm I'm not well versed on this chapter, I gotta tell you. <laughs> 10 is not my strongest place. I also liked verse 8 to 10. Yeah, the, the ones that he read, but you went a little bit further. Yes, I liked them all. Okay. And do not grumble as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. So just more of the deaths that were occurring. But, kind of, yeah. But, um... What was it about the death stuff that you liked? Well, those three are all about people dying for going against God, so... Some kind of just shows God's power. Hmm. It really shows his power in those. Okay. Did you have another highlight? Oh, I thought he was going to get to say some more of his highlights. No, I, don't, I don't care what he has to say. I'm just kidding. Oh. <laughs> Verse 31. Oh, you skip all the way down. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. Whether you eat or drink, live your life in a way that glorifies and honors God. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Doesn't matter what you do, just live your life for God. That goes well, against the song that I really like. What song? We did it all for the glory of love. Although it maybe doesn't go against it, because God is love, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I can like the song again. <laughs> I've got more highlights. No. Um, go ahead, Jade Fire. What else you got in this chapter? Um. Alright. Um. 1617. And is not the cup of thanksgiving for which we give thanks a partici- participation? Participation. Thank you. Um. In the blood of Christ. And is not the bread where that we break a par- participation in the body of Christ? Because there is one loaf. We who are many are one body, and we all share the one loaf. I am. I like seventeen because it because of the because there is one loaf. We who are many are one body, for we all share the one loaf. Yeah. Um, I like that because like there's just so many like. There's so many people in the world, as you pointed out earlier. <laughs> billion. Close. Over 7 billion people, yes. Yes. Um, and they all share one loaf. Uh. It says that. Not quite. What is the one loaf? God. Not Jesus. quite. Jesus. Thank you. Jesus. Yeah. Jesus is the bread, right? Well, there's 
Gotcha. Jesus. I, but but there's still some distinction, right? Yes. Okay, so Jesus is the loaf of bread that we partake in and therefore are all part of, right? So we have our old bread, but we all Hold partake on. in Jesus. Who are we all that are participating in taking that bread? The disciples? No. Christians. Christians, yeah. Is everybody on the earth a Christian? No. Therefore, not everyone. <laughs> Those, well, so, when he know. says we who are many, he's talking about followers of Christ. It would be awesome if all 7 billion people plus were Christians, but that is not the case. <laughs> Maybe 7 billion are Christians in the last... Just the last 400 and some? Yeah. Thousand? Yeah. 400? Well, I think it was actually a 3, not 4. I think it was Well, whatever four. it was. It was point four. Up, What is even point? I don't even know. Doesn't, no, we don't need to look it up. Get back in your Bible. Alright. <laughs> um, do you have another highlight at all, Jade? Uh, yes, I do. You underestimate me. I don't. I'm, that's why I asked you. Um, 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons, too. You cannot have part in both the Lord's table and the table of the demons. Or of demons. Um, I got very interested in this one because, um, in life, in real life, or, like, not spiritual, mm-hmm. um, you technically could drink out of both cups because... But um, in the spiritual world, you have to pick one or the other. Because you have to either pick to follow God or pick to follow Satan. That's what I believe it's saying. Yeah, you can't follow two masters. Yes. That are Especially if they're opposed. Like. Yeah. All right, Ruby. Yes. You said you have more highlight? Um, uh, he pretty much covered it all. Oh, he covered your highlight? All right. 20... I figured you didn't have any more up there because you skipped all the way to 31. Well, that's what I liked better of the rest. Oh. I could have gotten back to the 20s. There, you have one more then? <laughs> yes, yes. 23. Um, I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. But I have the right to do anything, but not everything is constructive. Um, th- I just feel like he was talking about, like, from last chapter, like, you can do anything, but you can't, um, not rape, uh, or ma- get a garden full, or a vineyard, um, and then get grapes out of it because there, it doesn't exist, mm. and you can't just sit around in your house and uh, have a house just build in front of you. Mm. Kind of like um, when you ask God for a shovel, you don't just lean on it and uh, ask for a hole. You have to dig the hole yourself, and you can't just stand there. What? what? Nothing. I thought it was worded very weird, but go ahead. I think you have the right idea. Okay. I just don't think you're quite doing the analogy correctly, but that's okay. Analogy? Yeah. You're it's just a... you're using a, a description, like, well, maybe an example, I guess. Yeah. So How? you ask God for the shovel, and then you can't just ask God for a hole, which doesn't make any sense to me. But, like, you could have a shovel, or you could ask for a hole, and God gives you a shovel, is usually how it would be worded. Okay. Like, he would give you the tools you need to do it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Instead of just popping a hole there. Yeah. Although sometimes... He does that. He'll send a tornado, rip up a couple trees, and then you've got a few holes. Although we did have to do some work to clear out the trees. But. Yes, Although yeah. he also provided plenty of help for that, too. Yep. He, he did multiple. And lots of providing for us. Yes, he That's did. all I have on... Well, on that one, I want you to... This, this is an often missed thing, so I think it's important to notice. He is quoting the Corinthians when he says, I have the right to do anything. You see that there's quotation marks, right? Mm-hmm. I have the right to do anything you say. But then he's the one who says, but not everything is beneficial. So yeah, because technically, we have the right to do anything. 
Yeah. I could go punch somebody if I wanted to. I have the right, I guess. But I would well, be I'm... sinning. Yeah. And they could sue you for abuse and then you go to prison. There's a chance. Yeah. And then he's and then he repeats their quote their thing he's quoting again. I have the right to do anything. But not everything is constructive. Not everything's helpful. And like, I, maybe, maybe like the sinning part is not accurate. But like, I have the right to do plenty of things. Like, go for a drive if I wanted to. But it's not necessarily constructive or beneficial to just go for a drive and waste the gas and not do anything, right? Or I was gonna say you have the right to eat different kinds of meat, but kind of doing it in front of someone and yeah, that would not be constructive. Yep. Also, I wanted to highlight just now. Based off of some other conversations we had today, um, verse 24. No one should, and this is in connection with the, I have the right to do anything. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. I didn't even remember that was there when I said the things I said earlier. (laughs) But it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Don't you think? Yeah. It's like God speaking to us. That's what his word does. All of us. It's not just you. And I spotted it because you highlighted 23. If you didn't highlight 23, I wouldn't have even seen it today. So it definitely is God's work. <laughs> it's just reaffirming that I actually had said some correct things earlier. <laughs> Alright, chapter 11! Do either of you have highlights for chapter 11? I do. I think so. Do you have lots? I have no idea. I don't want to let me see how long this chapter is. Towards the end! Oh, geez. Okay. I have, like, so many. But in the first, like... Three to five verses. I've got some highlights. I want to go over my highlights. Do either of you have highlights before three to five? Mm, no. Go ahead. Yay. Okay. Um. Um. I like the part where it was talking about. Well, mainly starting at four. Any man who leads public worship and prays over prophecies with a shawl hanging over his head shows disrespect to his head. Which is Christ? Which is Christ? And if any woman in a place of leadership within the church prays or prophesies in public with her long hair disheveled, she shows disrespect to her head. I like how it's like if a man and a woman each had a head covering, the man would be disrespectful. Or if the man and the woman each had nothing on their heads. The woman be, would be the one being disrespectful. There's, like, different laws for men and women. Yeah. I just listened to, like, a seven-hour YouTube video <laughs> about this chapter. And I'm not kidding. It was six hours and 45 minutes. Oh! And I I split it up into a couple of days. But I listened to it about, yeah, about this whole chunk. About Only this co- chunk. About the whole head coverings and all that stuff, yeah. Like, it's not just, the, like, it's from that part to, like, verse 16 or 17 or something. I don't know. So, a chapter takes seven hours? Well, there was a lot of discussion about it. A lot of different opinions about it to go over. Oh, and he a lot was of with some other people. No, he was just explaining all the different concepts and people, what people think about it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, on that, do you think it's okay that there is... Well, so you obviously believe that there is a different rule for man and woman here, right? Yes. Men well, do not wear head coverings, women do. Yes, because that was like the law back then. Okay. Um, what is a head covering? Like a hat. Ah. Uh, what do you think, by reading this chapter, is a head covering? Well, I think a head covering, at least back then, would be like 
almost like those thin blankets for babies or something that would be mm-hmm. on your head. Something like that. Yeah. Okay. What do you think? Using like a hat or the like what she was saying, Jade Fire? Probably like what she was saying, except with like a band or something to actually like keep it up there. Oh, interesting. Okay. I'm pretty sure it was just... But you think it's... Okay. So you don't think it's just her hair that should be the covering? Uh, no, I don't think so. Because, I mean, it even said with her hair just showing, it's disrespectful to her head. Because, uh... It's... Uh, and if any woman is in a place of leadership within the church, prays or prophesies in public with her long hair disheveled, she shows disrespect to her head. Which verse is that? Five. Read it again, please. And if any woman in a place of leadership within the church prays or prophesies in public with her long hair disheveled, she shows disrespect to her head. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. It is the same as having her head shaved. What? Verse 5. But every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head. It is the same as having her head shaved. Head uncovered? Yeah. It dishonors to have it uncovered. So that's saying she should have hair and something over her hair? Yeah. Okay. Do you know something that's missing from what I just read that's in yours? They are in slanted words, I think. Without the slanted words, and if any woman um, within the church prays or prophesies in pub, oh, prays or prophesies with her long hair disheveled, she shows disrespect <laughs> to her head. It's hard to read it without those. Uh huh. Well, what did you leave out? I left out she's in public praying and stuff, and that she's in leadership. Yes. It's one of the issues I have with the Passion translation. Um, the passion, the people that translate the passion, from what I understand, believe that there is no distinction between women being in leadership and men being in leadership, which the Bible does not preach. (laughs) Um, and so they've added certain things in there. It does not say in public. Huh? Mine does, most translations do not say in public. Uh Uh-huh. Um, so both of those could be very false, and you need to be very careful and pay very close attention to the italicized words. Slanted words, okay? Okay. Be very careful with those. Why? Because they will mislead you, possibly. They are trying to clarify based off of what they think, but most translations will not tell you what that just told you. Okay. So be very careful. Um, because it also does not flow with the rest of this chapter. Um, because why, why, is, why does it say a woman's head should be covered? Because yours even almost suggests that the hair is enough covering it should be nice. It says you're, it basically was saying un, disheveled hair, not covered hair, disheveled. So she just should make sure it's nice looking, is what your translation is trying to suggest to you. Okay. Which most translations would lead, there are people who believe that it means just having your hair nice instead of covered, because the hair is the covering. That's kind of how it is nowadays. That isn't what this says. We can talk about that too if you want, but we won't right now. <laughs> I mean, these days. These days? Yeah, these days. It's not as long as you think. What do you mean? People still used to cover their... Women still used to cover their hair with a hat or something in church. Relatively recently, it stopped. Before I was even born, but still pretty recently compared to the history. Well, then not unless you're an old man. Right. (laughs) So, it's just interesting we don't do it because it was very widespread. You also made a comment that suggested that it was their time and culture. Probably was supposed to be something we were still supposed to be doing. 
We're still supposed to be doing that? We used to still supposed to be doing that. Now it's kind of up for debate because it's not something we actually think about. Like, we don't, it's not like a... It's not a sign of you're a nice girl or not. <laughs> it's more of um to keep, there are certain roles for men and women in the church and in life. They were designed differently, right? We fulfill different things. And it wasn't okay for men to act like women. No. Or women to act like men. No. And it's still not. So as long as you're keeping that still accurate. It's not that big a deal. Huh. If you feel convicted, because he was, he did tell everybody, because all the churches did it, to cover your head while you're praying and prophesying and going to church, and you feel convicted, then do it. But if you don't feel convicted, it's fine. Okay. I would argue that we don't have to, even though the reason we don't do it anymore is ridiculous. What's the reasoning? <laughs> Feminist movement. Feminist movement? Women oh, didn't like women being controlled, quote-unquote. And they didn't like the idea that they had to keep their hair. Like, so that was something they pushed really hard against. And so churches stopped doing it. And that wasn't that long ago. Really? Yeah. I would mind still wearing that covering. I'm just saying. I know. I know you would obey it. If it, if you believe that you had to do it, you would do it. And that's good. I would definitely <laughs> do it. But yeah, it was about just keeping the order there and gender stuff. Because why? Why did the head keep their... What? Why did the men keep their heads uncovered? Why does it say that in here? Because it would respect their head. Because they are the head of woman. Oh. Just as Christ is the head of man, and Jesus is the head of Christ. Huh. So it was an act of respect up to the role that you are to fulfill. And men are to fulfill, women are to fulfill. Huh. But people think when you say women are supposed to be submissive to their husbands, and the he- you know, husband's the head of the house and stuff, that that's, that's abusive language, and people will use that to do whatever they want. And it's true, some would. Some use it in a very abusive way. But they're also forgetting that men are supposed to love their wives as Christ loved the church. And how did Christ love the church? I don't think they could love their wives as much as Christ Well, they're supposed the to church. try. They're and, supposed to try. And how did they do that? How did Christ love the church? He died. He died for the church. He sacrificed himself. Is there a way that we can sacrifice ourselves without dying? Um. Like a literal death of a body? What? Is there a way to sacrifice... Or die without actually dying. Uh, I don't think so. You are incorrect, uh, sir. It is You are told to die to yourself all the time in the Bible. Die to yourself, your flesh. Do not do the things your flesh wants to do and live in Christ. We sacrifice what we want. We sacrifice it. We kill it to love our wives. I don't have to worry about that. <laughs> correct. You don't. You're kind of lucky. Well, some women don't realize just how nice that is. <laughs> your mother does. Um... So yeah, there's a lot of debate about this. Some will say that the hair is just the covering. Some say that Paul is actually saying that the Corinthians said that they should do this, and he's refuting it, which doesn't make any sense. Because um, anytime he quotes the Corinthians, he usually does it repetitively, and he does it like one word, at, like one phrase at a time, and then explains everything that's wrong about it. <laughs> um, and there are some that say chapter 11 should even be in the Bible. Because <laughs> a lot of people don't want to accept the fact that the Bible preaches that women are not the heads of the house. They want to say that both men and women could, so that it just it doesn't matter who does it. Well, and that then, therefore, women being preachers and all that stuff. I mean, women could be missionaries, but most of the time it's with a with, husband or something. Like, I mean, like, women can still teach, but I don't... Men are the head. Like, they're in control. <laughs> <laughs> They're responsible. I don't. Necess- I wouldn't necessarily say control, but responsible. Do how well do I control you, children? If you had to, you could control us. I guess. Like, I don't know. What do I do instead, or try to do? 
Tell us. You tell us what to do, and if we don't do it, you punish us? Sometimes. But you have the freedom to make that mistake, don't you? Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't control you. I mean, you could. I could. And how helpful would that be? Not. Not. No. It'd be unhelpful. It would be. People how much does God control us? Not None. really, no. And are we supposed to act more like God? Yes. So we're not controlling, or we're not supposed to be. Because, like, it's like you punish us if we disobey. He's kind of punishing the people who don't listen. Most too. of the stuff, if we disobey, it brings consequences all on its own. He yeah. designed it that way. So, yeah, there's a lot of people that really have issue with this one because they don't like the idea that women have to cover their heads and men don't. I don't care. I know you don't. So I was really interested what your passion translation had to say. <laughs> it had to say some definite things in the slanted words. Yeah, there's a very different, like the, the two main camps about the Bible is there's plenty of Christians that are called egalitarian and there's ones that believe in complementarian style of the Bible. Egalitarian says men and women are equal. Period. And we fall kind of in the middle, right? No, we fall in the complementarian. Oh. The egalitarian says men and women are equal. Period. Women can do the same things men are allowed to do. They can be the head of the house, whatever. The gender roles aren't... Complementarian says men and women are equal, but different. (laughs) Yes, we are all equally children of God. We all have that access to God, but we fulfill different roles. Yes. Men cannot have babies. If you go the egalitarian route... You're automatically still not equal when they try to make it equal. Because women have capabilities that men do not. Women are supposed to take care of the kids and the babies. <laughs> well, that, that could, there's, some, there's some fuzziness there. but What? I take care of babies. I know you do. You're very good at it. Good. All right. Well, what do you have, Jade Fire? Or did we already tell you? No, we haven't done you. Sorry, tangent, because I just listened to a whole thing about this trip. Yep. We're going to make this um, six hours long. I mean, seven hours long. Um... Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. Um, nine. Um, I like how it said neither man was created. Like, I like how it says that we are not made for each other. That's not what it said. Okay. It did, literally said that neither was man created for woman, but woman. Oh, I didn't see the word. <laughs> which, which verse is this? Nine. Nine? Because the neither comes from what he said before that. Okay. I women, think I women, know. Since he is the image and glory of God, but woman is the glory of man. For man did not come from woman, but woman from man. Neither was man created for woman, but woman for man. Because why was woman created? For Adam, because um, he was lonely. It was, it was not good for him to be alone. And it, she was created from his rib, right? Was his rib. Well, that's a debatable term, but... Okay, <laughs> she was kind of created from him. Yes. God took part of man and then created woman. Nevertheless, in the Lord, woman is not independent of man, nor is man independent of woman. For as woman came from man, so also man is born from woman. <laughs> but everything comes from God. Yes. There's the equalizing term. Everything comes from God. But God did create woman for man. And to woman, help man. Women make more woman and more man. Yep. But not on their own. Not on their own. <laughs> they they need a man involved, and then God also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. God says if they they're the ones to make more. So yeah, there are people that would argue that nobody's made for the other one. But really, go back to the beginning of the Bible, people. All right, more highlights. 
Yes, I do have more highlights. Um, you need to turn back around. Sorry. Talking to the door is not talking into the microphone. Sorry. Kiss it. Um. For as woman came from man, so also man is born from woman, but everything from, comes from God. <laughs> did you just yeah, I did just yeah he just... It was a continuation of that whole thing. The old man just went over this. So, like, it is very important to realize both that woman was created for man. And to be man. a slave. And from anything. man. Yep, from man and for man. But that we are not independent. We need each other. Because we cannot have more people without each other. <laughs> yeah. And without God. But God's kind of behind it all. So <laughs> so that one does say what you think it says. Okay. <laughs> all right. What about you, Ruby? You got another highlight for us? Sure. What do you want to hear? A highlight. A highlight? Yeah. How about from verse 22 to the end of the chapter? That's one highlight? It's a very big highlight, yes. Oh, man. <laughs> Do you have anything within 22 hey, hey, in the hey, end, hey, hey. Jadefire? No. Get back your... Get back over here. This is my turn. This is my turn. You said 22 I could... 22 went through the end? Yeah. Yes. 23, 24, and 25. I go first. All right. You might as well just read yours, and then you guys can discuss what you have and what you why you found your parts interesting. We could just discuss 23, 24, and 25. Yeah. I can read it. No, I'm uh, reading it. I'm reading it. I highlighted it. I highlighted it. I have handed down to you what came to me by direct revelation from the Lord himself. The same night in which he was handed over, he took bread and gave thanks. Then his then he distri distributed it to his disciples and said, Take it and eat your fill. It is my body which is given for you. Do this to remember me. You can read 25. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Okay. What was it about the whole Lord's Supper thing that you found interesting, Jade Fire? Um, mainly because we, re we read over this in another podcast, I believe. It, not this these verses, but, um... And like Acts or something. We might have read it in Luke when he actually did this. When yeah, when he actually did it, yeah. That would in have been Luke. Luke. Yeah. He was dead by Acts. Right. He was dead by Acts. <laughs> well, he was dead and resurrected and went home by the like and he gave them one last mission and then we have Acts. He's just dead by Acts, that's all. It sounds like he um he died because of an axe. <laughs> Although he does show up in Acts. I I have to just have to say he does show up once. Yeah. I just like Once, the whole Lord's Supper in general. Who yeah. remembers where, where he shows up in Acts? Hmm? Where does he just show up in Acts? Besides the, maybe the very first chapter. Who knows? <laughs> what do you think? Who wrote this letter? Paul, right? Yeah. So where did Christ show up in Acts? On the road? On the road. Jeez, old. Where he blinded Paul. Saul. Saul, Paul, what's the difference? Why do you persecute me? I guess there's a difference. <laughs> Alright, so yeah, we read about it in Luke. Mm-hmm. Is that all you had to say about it? Yeah. Oh, okay. You just like that we were being reminded about it? Yeah. I like right. the Lord's Supper. You like the Lord's Supper, but there's a lot more information here, and you highlighted some of that. What was it about the rest of the information about the Lord's Supper and stuff that you found interesting? I liked it in 22, okay. which is not part of the Lord's Supper thing. It's, uh, well, it kind of is. Well, just let me read it. Don't you all have homes where you can eat and drink? Don't you realize that you're... 
showing a superior attitude by humiliating humiliating those who have nothing. Are you trying to show contempt for God's beloved church? How should I address this appropriately? If you're looking for my approval, you won't find it. Yeah, he's definitely speaking a lot against the Corinthians and how they're doing the Lord's Supper or think they're doing the Lord's Supper. Because before that, he says, so then when you come together, it is not the Lord's Supper you eat. For when you are eating, some of you go ahead with your own private suppers. As a result, one person remains hungry and another gets drunk. But I actually have that part. Sorry, don't do Yeah, I have that part. And then later on, uh, we have, for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So then, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner, will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. You don't want to be doing that. No. Everyone ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick, and a number of you have fallen asleep. Does that mean a number of you have died? I believe so, yes. <laughs> they fell asleep. And never woke up. <laughs> there is plenty of times where sleep is in reference to a uh, physical death. Yep. Um, not always, though. That's... Sometimes people just go to sleep. <laughs> That's sleep you won't wake up from. Well, you will. Well. That's why it's called sleep. Because you will wake up eventually. Well, obviously you're always going to be waking It's up. just a different kind of waking. I suppose. <laughs> you won't be. At the resurrection. I don't know what you're talking about. Alright. I have one thing highlighted here. Okay. Verse 18. Okay. In the first place, I hear that when you come together as a church, there are divisions among you, and to some extent, I believe it. And it's just like, yep, and it's still a problem today. There's a lot of division in the church. Mm, yeah. A lot of people being like, well, we believe this, so you're all doomed, because you don't <laughs> believe this. It really doesn't matter. Nope. Well, I mean, as long as it's got the key things about believing in Jesus and repenting of your sins, but... Yeah. If they change that, then then they are wrong. <laughs> yeah, that, that they aren't really getting be part of the church. <laughs> All right, should we move on to the next chapter? Yeah. Sure. Okay. Chapter twelve, spiritual gift time. This is the, the next. One. This three chapters. These next three chapters are about spiritual gifts. That includes the chapter between twelve and fourteen, which is First Corinthians thirteen, which people know it as. The love, the love chapter. chapter! But that's still regarding spiritual gifts. That is sandwiched in between these two chapters because it's all about the same subject. With some more information about lo- what love is. <laughs> so I've, it's useful for teaching what love is, but it's also about spiritual gifts. I have gifts. absolutely nothing in this chapter. Oh, cool. I have mm, plenty. <laughs> it's the exact opposite. Or if Jubilee has, like, nothing. Um, be the... I've got plenty. Okay. You guys just talk all I think I will start this time. All right, so... You can cover all my highlights and I'll begin. I have... Let's see, we got verse 4 through 7. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Now, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So, um... I found it very interesting. Uh, I just I like that it all comes from the same place. Like we recognize that we're going to be given different things to do different things, but they and they all come from God. But He gives us different jobs. Basically, we're all different parts of Christ's body. Okay. Um, and I also just like it because it makes me think of the X Men, because um, <laughs> they all have different powers, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. 
But I also really like that they were given for the common good. The reason we have these gifts is for the good of everybody in the church. Um, so we can use them for whatever, but we're supposed to be using them for the common good. The common good. And the common good means the good of the church and to bring yes, those yes. to the church. Um, I also highlighted the verses after it, but it was kind of a different color, so it was different. Um, 8 through 11. To one, and it's just kind of more emphasizing the different uh, um, different gifts, I guess. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another, a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are at work of all are the work of one and the same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. So we could we can destroy for gifts, which we'll read in a couple chapters, and we can desire specific gifts, but God determines who's going to get what. He's going to hand them out as he sees that they need to be handed out. Any thoughts on that? No. What kind of spiritual gifts do you think you've been given, or just gifts in general? Uh, gifts smart. in general? Smarts. You think you have smarts? Yeah, with computer science and stuff. Mm. Uh, I work really well with children. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> Did you know that I was going to say computer stuff? No, I didn't know. What you, I didn't know if you were going to participate. <laughs> I thought you might be just like I don't know. <laughs> So, that's good. Alright, so did you have anything in um, those forces, or did you have anything you wanted to say about the, the gifts? No. Okay. I, those were highlighted, but... Okay. I also have verses 23 to 26, which is, On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor, and the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty. While our presentable parts need no special treatment, but God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And so this is this kind of goes back to the whole division in the church, too. Um, but like it seems like they were having some arguments about who has better gifts and they're envious of each other's gifts. And they all want to have the same gifts, which doesn't work because then you're all just the an eyeball. The body's just an eyeball, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's just good to note that like what God has given us, he's given us for a reason. He determines. We can have desires for other ones and he, we can ask for them, but we need to work with what he has given us and do it for the common good, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I think you covered my highlights. I did? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> did you have anything you wanted to add to that about gifts and how we need to use them and not divide about them or argue about them or be envious of them? Nope. Okay. Because, like, some people thought it was awesome to be able to heal everybody. Some people now would be like, it would be great if I could just lay hands and heal somebody. No one can do that right now. Why not? Because God hasn't given anyone that power. How do you know? Grandma said that one person just took... I hit her son's feet and he instantly got healed. That exactly. She prayed over him. Yeah. Well, I guess Jesus does that. That Jesus. is that is how they healed people. Those with the gifts of healing do still pray, usually. There are people who claim, even today, to have those gifts. Some might be lying, but I bet you there are some that still do it. Well, in church one day, actually in Sunday school, um, 
that we were, or they were telling us about a miracle, which I guess is the same thing, um, on how a kid fell under some ice during winter one year, and it was, like, freezing cold water, so, like, and he was in the hospital, and our grandma told us, and, um, yeah, uh, the mom was praying, and she said she, or somebody said that I think that she felt like, or saw electricity, and, like, the boy was better and everything, like, I guess praying has a lot of power, because God can answer those prayers, because even if we just pray for other things, sometimes they're answered, and sometimes they're not, I mean, like, they're just dependable. One might say that they're always answered, sometimes. Just in a different way than we want, maybe sometimes. Sometimes the answer is no. (laughs) Yes. And, um, we pray for people to get better in the hospital and things like that, and, like, eventually, most of the time, people get better. So, I mean, that's a way you could say miracles are still performed today. I think all these, I think all these gifts are still existing. Just in different ways than they were. Er, I disagree. Um, what? There is nothing that says that we don't have these gifts anymore. People still prophesy. People still probably can speak in tongues. There are plenty of churches that believe that you have to speak in tongues, which I disagree with. But well, um, I mean, you could learn other languages. Speaking in tongues and still then... happen. Uh, your uncle is planning a, or has interviewed with a church that he might join. That they have claimed that they've the the pastor there has been in three instances of people getting up and speaking in tongues, and we'll read later that. If people speak in tongues, it's useless unless there's an interpreter. But in two of those instances out of the three, there was somebody who could interpret what they said. And one of them, either the person was faking it or the person who was supposed to interpret did not obey the Holy Spirit and get up and speak. And you know what? What? It's pretty much the most advanced places in this world that have the hardest time believing that these gifts still exist. So places like here in America or like London and the UK... But if you were to go to, like, the less advanced areas in certain countries where they don't have a bunch of computers or they don't have access to just a bunch of stores and stuff, you will find people that see supernatural things so much more often, have many more dreams that they know come from somewhere other than just a random dream. And your own father has had a dream that he realized what it meant and was able to use like because of it was prompted to have a conversation with somebody he needed to have a conversation with what? spiritual what? gifts still exist what dream? we just have a trouble believing them i'll tell you some other time you mean after their court sure it's just our culture that has a real tough time believing that we live in a place that it's hard to believe it you go on a missionary to someplace without all that stuff you're going to find a lot more people that actually believe it and have experienced that kind of thing it's actually kind of sad huh. and there are plenty of christians who think like you do, or even worse than you do, and be like, nope. They don't even just exist in some different way. They just don't exist. That only existed in the time of the Bible. Why? Where in the Bible does it say that they fade away? Huh. There is. There is actually a place where it does say they will cease. And we'll get to it very soon. <laughs> Alright. Um, Alright, so moving on to the love chapter. I like this chapter. I love this chapter. Ow! <laughs> so. Thirteen? Yeah. Why it's the love chapter. It's the whole thing about love. Let me just check out my. Do you notes. not have any highlights in this chapter? You don't have any highlights. I didn't. I don't think I highlighted anything, but I might have a note somewhere. So the very first. And he just didn't do anything. So we were just talking about spiritual gifts, right? Yes. And the very first few verses here 
are about that still. If I speak, because he's talking about how they're all dividing over the gifts, right? Yes. So he's like, if I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, so speaking in tongues, but do not have love, I'm just making a bunch of noise. He says, I'm a resounding gong or clanging cymbal, which is just a bunch of noise. I highlighted this entire chapter. Yeah. Yeah. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but ha- not do not have love, I am nothing. There we go. Highlights popped out. Okay. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship, that I may boast, which is still a loving, or uh, still a spiritual gift to, to be able to give everything over to the poor and help them. But do not have love? I gain nothing. I get nothing out of this if I'm not doing this with love. So he's talking about how important love is in regards to the gifts. And stop arguing about that. <laughs> and then he goes into explaining love, of course. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy, which is obviously something they were having troubles with because they were wanting, desiring each other's yes, gifts. Yes, yes. It does not boast, so they're not being all proud about the gifts they do have. Yep. Um... It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. So you've heard this before plenty of times. Oh, but yes. But now it we... takes a whole different meaning. Now you know what was going on. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Mm-hmm. We had it on a piece of paper in a frame and it hung up. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, I've read this chapter so many times. <laughs> it's and a very actually, at one point, you, got, you and Mom would read it to us if we did something wrong like hit If you were being very selfish or self-seeking or something. Yep. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never Never fails. fails. Now here we get, here we get to the ceasing part. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Means they will stop. Okay. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Meaning they won't move. Meaning Uh there uh will be no more tongues. Okay. I'm just making sure it's clear. Yeah, I know. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part. We don't even do it fully. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears, because we won't need it anymore. There will be no need for that anymore. When will there be no need for knowledge that we have? When Jesus comes. Correct. So it will cease when Jesus comes. Has he come yet? But it won't cease, because Jesus is here. He just makes it fuller, I guess. Well, yeah, so the part goes away. So we don't need to prophesy God's words because we'll be with God to talk to him. Hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. Mm-hmm. We don't need to see future things. Some people saw the future, but we won't need to. Don't some people still see the future or something? There are many people who claim to be able to see the future. I'm sure there's a lot less people that actually see the future. Yeah. My dream consisted of things that were going to happen in the future. Can I see a highlight? Wait, what? Yes. Um... Verse 11, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. Mm -hmm. Of course you would have. It's an example of what he's talking about already. He's saying what's part goes away. Because we only do it because we're limited. When we become fully mature, which is when Christ comes and we we move on to eternity. Then we're a man. We are adults (laughs) at that point. Adults. I like that better, because I'm not going to be a man. Well, right. Well, we don't really know how gender or anything works in I our new bodies. I want to girl. And then, again, yeah, so with the childhood thing, then it's, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. What we see is incomplete. It's not as sub- substantial as it can be. A reflection uh-huh. isn't the full thing, is it? No. No. Now, but then we shall see face to face. We will be with God. 
Now I know in part, then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But But the greatest greatest of them is is love. love. We read that for our missional community a lot. Yes, we did. So, um, yeah, very good chapter about love, but it also tells you when the gifts will cease, and that time has not come. So, the gifts, if the Bible's true, which it is, um, the gifts haven't ceased, yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. But there are plenty of Christians that do believe that the gifts are gone. But completely gone? That's not even what I said. Yeah, I know. Mo- well, some of them would say just some of the gifts are gone. Like the miraculous ones. Which is a really silly position to take. Because if some, Why would some of the gifts stay and some of them gone? Just because they seem too crazy and miraculous? Doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I feel like I feel like they might happen less, though, because, like... It, our country is so big, and listen. I am listening. Our country is so big, and we don't believe in the gifts, and we might not even have them as much here. And so there's less of a world, and what? I thought you wanted me to listen. Would you say <laughs> that it's because of a lack of faith? Maybe. Was there any point in Jesus' time where many gifts did not happen? What do you mean? Was there any town he visited or any lands he visited where he, where many gifts did not happen? No, he performed lots of gifts everywhere. There were plenty of times where he only performed a little bit because of their lack of faith. So we have less faith here in the America. Correct. <laughs> huh. They just wanted people to be here. Well, I mean, like, some people might have, like, more faith than some people where oh, miracles sure, happen sure. more. There are places that things do happen a lot more often, even in America. Huh. And by America, I mean the U- USA, because there are other parts of, like, there's North America and South America. Yeah. There's more to North America. And there are even places there that I bet you more miraculous things happen outside of the USA. Wow. Yeah. Huh. Anyway, so yeah, very interesting that it's very common, it's very relatable to something that happened even when Jesus was around. What's happening here? Or not happening here. (laughs) Alright, moving on to chapter 14, which is a continuation on the discussion of spiritual gifts, at least at first. I want to move somewhere else where (laughs) where people have more faith, you know? Yeah, but then... I only have one highlight. In 14. 14. On the very top. The very first verse? No, the fourth verse. I have the very first verse highlighted. Daddy gets to go first. Follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. See? He does say you should desire the gifts, especially prophecy. It's very important to be able to know and understand God, you know? Yes. Um, but yeah, desire the gifts. Why would there be a commandment in the Bible? Not a commandment, I guess, but a, a word from one of the top people, apostles, in the Bible to be like, do this. And now we say, eh. <laughs> There's no more gifts. We don't need to desire them. Why desire something if you can't have it? <laughs> because you want to. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense for an apostle to tell us to desire something we cannot have. Is it saying desire now or desire it? He was writing to the Corinthians. Yeah, what does he say exactly? For the way of love, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. So some people could argue, I don't argue this way, but some people could argue he's only talking to the Corinthians back then. Okay, so that the the very first few words of follow the way of love is only for the Corinthians too, so we can just ignore that. That's what you could do if you were to argue the other half. Okay. I'm not saying you I- I'll remember that. I'll remember that for later. <laughs> 
um... See, it's very dangerous to be like, well, this part just means for them. It's like, it's part of the exact same sentence. Are you sure? Because if... Are you positive? That's it, then the fall of the love... Well, yeah, but that was just for them, too. I mean, everybody should because there's other places in the Bible that says to do it, possibly. But, like, come on. Come on. You, you, you gotta get something there. <laughs> anyway. Can I mention my highlight now? Yeah, sure. Anyone who speaks in a tongue and defies themselves. Themselves. But defies. the one who prophesies and defies the church. What? Edifies. Edifies themselves. Like. Builds them up. Encourages. Oh. Okay. That's what I was wondering. Okay. So you're just wondering. So if one. you speak in tongues, you're only helping yourself. Yeah. But the one who prophesies, who's giving knowledge of God to everyone and explaining it, is edifying the church. Mm-hmm. Because <sighs> anyone who speaks in tongue does not speak to people, but to God. Indeed, no one understands them. They utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouraging, and comfort. Those will help explain that verse that you just read. <laughs> do you have any more highlights? Me? Uh, me? I do, but... Me? No. You can go. I've got a few. Let's see what you can cover, and then okay. I will cover. I have one more, I think. Yeah, it looks like I have one more. I mean, I like the chapter, but... Alright, so, verse 9. So it is with you. Unless you speak intelligible words with your tongue, how will anyone know what you are saying? You will be just speaking into the air. And it's connected to, like, again, if the trumpet does not sound, a clear call, who will get ready for battle? So, like... Wait, isn't that kind of saying that if you're not smart, you can't speak? Because it's say... No, because he's still talking about speaking in tongues. So intelligible means understandable. Oh! If you're speaking in tongues, you are speaking gibberish to people. Oh! People, do not, if they don't know how to interpret it, it means nothing to them. Yep, 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 So yep, that's yep. just back to that. Because he's talking about how... If you speak in tongues, it's worthless unless there's someone who's also there to interpret it. Yeah, I was confused. I thought I was yeah. saying if you're smart, then you can speak. If you're not smart, you're just speaking into thin air. I'm like, what? Yeah. So these smart people are like. And to it's talk? extra hard to believe in a lot of these gifts, like speaking in tongues, because there are people that force the speaking in tongues that people pretend to just to show that they're actually believers in that church, even though they're not actually doing it and they're just speaking random gibberish that they don't even understand. Which means that there's not actually that's not actual speaking in tongues. Huh. So, and because there's all of that fakery, then it's really hard to know when it's genuine. And it causes even less faith that those things exist. Huh. Right? Right. Yeah. So, this is another reason why we should always be honest. Yep. Alright. That was, those are my highlights. Ruby, what do you got? Um, I like in verse 22... Where it says, um, tongues are not a sign for believers, but a miracle for unbelievers. Yeah. Yes. 22. 22? Yes. 22. Tongues are, then, are a sign for, not for believers, but for believers. Prophecy, however, is not for unbelievers, but for believers. Yeah, so, like, the tongues, that miraculous sign, even though they, like, a lot of times, they might, might be speaking in a tongue that, they understand, like it happened at Pentecost in Acts, mm -hmm. when the Holy Spirit came on everybody, there was a bunch of speaking yep. in tongues that everybody understood what they were saying in their own language. Yeah. Um, and that is a big, like, hey, wait a second, they're speaking and we all understand what they're saying, even though we speak different languages. Yes! That's a big thing, be like, ho ho, maybe this is real. Whereas prophecy is explaining the truths about God, and you already have to believe that he's there and sent Christ and all that to be able to follow along. So, prophecy belongs... For the church, tongues kind of are too. Is one of those miraculous signs to bring people to the church. 
I think you guys kind of covered my few other highlights. Okay. I highlight everything you guys said. Nice. All right, so chapter 15? Chapter 15! Okay, those last two chapters went by real fast. You have a bunch of highlights? Yeah. This isn't mine. I don't highlight anything red. That okay. must be mom. Yeah. All right. Wow. He does. Oh, no. I shouldn't have said it. That's good. What's wrong I with it? I said I shouldn't. Because it means I, it's longer. I said. Oh. I, Matt, I, I sh shouldn't have said we're, um, that the last two went by real fast. <laughs> that I just right. cursed it. Don't do what? That's not a curse. Oh, you have 20s highlighted? Yeah. Is that your first highlight? Yeah. That's yeah, my highlight, too. What do you got? Um, let's see. What's your first highlight? My very first highlight is in verse 1. All right, what do you got? Um, clearly the heart of the gospel that I preach to you, the good news. I don't, I don't see any notes, so I don't know why I highlighted mm, okay. that. Mine says, now, brothers and sisters, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you have received and on which you have taken your stand. I also like how it says the good news Yeah. for me, because, like, isn't the New Testament the good news or something? The gospel is the good news. Oh. Gospel means good news. Ah, that's right. I thought it was the New Testament or something, something about that that meant good news. I mean, the was... gospel is in the New Testament, mostly, basically, yeah. With I thought the news would be in the gospel. The good news I thought the is gospel Jesus... was the Bible. No, the gospel slash the good news is Jesus Christ coming to earth to save us. Oh, so the, the New cross. Testament is the good news part. But the Old Testament talks about it. Coming. Well, And it's yeah. also an example of God's love. Like, the good news is God's love for us, too. So, like, the whole Bible oh, kind of consists of it. If it's his uh, love for us, yeah, that's when they the refer, whole Bible. When they refer to the gospel, what they are really meaning is Jesus's sacrifice for us after at his coming for then us. Then you should go to Luke or Matthew or Mark or John. Do they all talk about it? All four of those are the gospels. Those are the gospels the gospel according the the full title of each one is the gospel according to John, the gospel according to Luke, the gospel Oh jeez. So those four chapters are the gospel or chapters. Those four books are the, the gospel. The gospels. Not the gospel. The gospels. Well, the gospel is. No, no. Anyway, get, let's go. Let's go. What else you got? I am in verse 3, 4, and 5. For I have shared with you that I have received and what is of utmost importance. This Messiah died for our sins, fulfilling the prophecies of the scripture. He was buried in a tomb, and he was raised from the dead after three days. As foretold in the scriptures, then he appeared to Peter the Rock and to the twelve apostles. I like that whole thing, because I like the resurrection of Jesus. Yeah, it's he's, so sad. he's reminding them of the gospel. Okay. Oh, you want me to keep going? Yeah. Okay. You haven't reached 20 yet, so... I like verse 7 and 8. Then he appeared to Jacob and to all the apostles. Last of all, he appeared in front of me like one born per permanently ripped from the womb. What? <laughs> what? Then he appeared to James or Jacob, uh, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. Permanently ripped from the womb. Exactly. We're all permanently removed from the womb. So we're going to 
crawl back in there. Nope. Only he's not. There's Only even a, there's not. even talk about that. What am I supposed to go crawling back into my mother's womb? That's impossible. In John. Yep. Nicodemus. Yep. Anyway, um, so he was born abnormally in a way because of because he came after Christ died and re- was resurrected and left, but then he showed up and made this new apostle basically. <laughs> All right. Verse fourteen. I like verse fourteen. Okay. And if Christ has not been raised, not been raised, all of our preaching has been for nothing, and our faith is useless. I mean, yeah. They're false prophets, then, right? If that's yeah, if that. Christ had not been raised, then there's no point in all this that they've been doing. Because so, that's quite that's a quite an important piece of the gospel. Yeah, they'd be like a lot of work for nothing. Yep. So it'd be like you have to believe in this because, like. It's for something. Well, the verse, the first verse that uh, Jadefire highlighted, and the verse that I highlighted, is I a great. I don't care. Is a great response to what you just read. But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. I might have highlighted that verse too. Cool, but it's just because he's the first fruit of those who have fallen asleep. So he's been raised, which means that the others who have fallen asleep will also then be raised. They were all raised right there, then, right? When he was raised? Um, There's a lot of speculation and debates over when and who's been raised and when they will be raised and whatever. I also liked verse 17 mm-hmm. and 18. And if Christ is not alive, you are still lost in your sins, and your faith is a fantasy. It would also mean that those believers in Christ who have passed away have simply perished. No, they're lost. Gone forever. Forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever. And those that, there are people that believe or want to believe that death is just the end. There's nothing after that. And so they strive that much harder to live life to the fullest while they're here. And it's also a very depressing thought because life is so short. Yeah, that is really sad. Right? Anyway. I never thought of it that way. Yeah, there are people that think that way. The reason I um, highlighted it at 20 was because I just don't understand it. Okay. Um. Well, we're all going to be raised from death eventually. Okay. And Christ is the first one. Okay. Is that what it's basically saying? Yep. Okay. That's Wait, but Christ wasn't the first one. To be raised from the dead to go to heaven? Keep going. Okay. <laughs> and then 22. For in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive. Yep. Because um, why do we die? Because of Adam. Yeah. The first man. We still have a choice, though. So it's not just all his fault. It is. We are born into a sinful world and a sinful body that we will sin. Like, there is a choice. You are I guess it kind of is. We are fault. going to make the wrong choice. <laughs> but in catechisms, um, it's a, it, one of the questions are, is all, as all were lost through Adam, Saved through Christ, and the answer was no. No, yeah. Because some people don't believe in Right, not Christ. everybody is going to be saved by Christ because they choose not to be. Yeah. Well, I think you're talking about a, the wrong a, question. There's a debate there, but... I think he was trying to find something, or remember something closer to this. Mm. And then, down to 33. Whee! Whee! Do not be misled. Bad company corrupts good character. Yep. Um, it's kind of like just hanging out with someone who does a bunch of bad stuff. Mm-hmm. 
And then they'll just eventually rub off on you. Uh, most likely. Yeah, most likely. Um, that's just, that's just it. Like you have to be very careful. That's why they. That's why there was a lot of criticism towards Christ when he would eat with tax collectors and stuff too, because they're sinful people, right? But they're oh. the ones who needed to be healed. Yes, to the healthy. The right. Doctor. Yes. So there is a place and time to go into those realms and preach the good news, right? But you do not hang out and do the things and not talk about Christ with the people that are bad, right? Yes. It also is a good warning about who to marry. Because yeah. in my experience, I have seen people who believe in Christ marry those who may claim that but do not live it. And then it is the person who married the person who does not follow who then becomes just like them. It, they do not save the other one. It doesn't go the other way most of the time. Yep. Well, there was a Bible story that did go the other way. Okay. Back in the Old Testament. Okay. It's just a fact. Yep. You're thinking of Hosea? Probably. The one who had the prostitute that he had to keep chasing back down? I have one more big highlight. Okay. Verse 29 and then like the first sentence of 31. Oh, verse 29 and 30 then like the first sentence of 31. If there is no resurrection, what do these people think they're doing when they are baptized? For the dead, if they're dead, aren't raised, why be baptized for them? And why would we be risking our lives every day? My brothers and sisters, I continually face death. Yep. That's just proof that he truly believes it and that it's worth facing. Do you have any more highlights, Jade? Uh, yes, I actually have one big highlight. Okay. 35 through 44. Yeesh. Um, almost 10 verses. I actually highlighted all the verse of 35. So what do we got? But some will ask, how are the dead raised? What kind of body will they come? How foolish. What you sow does not come to life unless it dies. When you sow, you do not plant the body that will be, but just a seed, perhaps of wheat or of something else. But God gives it a body, as he has determined, and to each kind of seed he gives its own body. Not all flesh is the same. People have one kind of flesh, animals have another, birds another, and fish another. There are also heavenly bodies, and there are earthly bodies. But the splendor of the heavenly bodies is one kind, and the splendor of the earthly bodies is another. The sun has one kind of splendor, the moon another, and the stars another. And stars differs from star and splendor. How far did you go? To 44. No, 44. So will it be with the resurrection of the dead. The body that is sown is perishable. It is raised imperishable. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. If there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. So you have to think that our bodies are like seeds, which means that our final body, our spiritual body, will be something so much more glamorous and fantastic. Can we fly? Who knows? I want to fly. I know you do. Everybody has a desire to fly, which is part of, well, not everybody, but most people have a desire to be able to just fly, which lends me to think that flight might be a thing we will have. <laughs> Mama said God, that God might have planted that desire in us yep. so that to give us like maybe a fathom of how exactly. great our bodies will be. Yeah. Yeah, we're so limited, and it says we're weak. So even us, at our, like when we are super strong, we're still weak. We will be so much more. Yeah. All right. Anything else? Um, uh, me. Yeah. Mm, I don't believe so. Okay. How about you? I'm Ruby? good. All right. Chapter sixteen. And I have absolutely no highlights on this one. I don't think. Let me just reset it. Sometimes it just needs to be yep, reset. I know. I. Yeah. Nothing. Wait. 
to to say highlighted. Oh yeah. Um, I pull this greeting in my own hand. Um, I'm guessing it has something to do with like um a little bit before. Which, which verse is this? Twenty one. Twenty-one. Yeah, all the way down there. I Paul write this greeting in my own hand. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think it has something to do with the before. I can't quite remember. I should have looked at it a bit more. Um, all the all the brothers and sisters are are here here to send you greetings. Kiss one another with a holy kiss. I Paul. Oh yeah, it does have something to do with before twenty. Okay. 20 and 21 are basically what I meant to highlight. Okay. Um, like, Paul wrote this in greeting with his own hand. All the brothers and sisters, here I here send you greetings. Greet one another with a holy kiss. Like, a holy kiss. Like, what? Oh, uh, okay. Mine says a sacred kiss. This is a cultural thing, but it was not uncommon for people to give kisses as a greeting. Like, handshakes. Oh. Usually it's on the cheeks. There's still some cultures that do that. Okay, okay, yeah. I can remove that. Okay, um, and note. and he also like I don't know if you had a question about this, but he says I write this greeting with my own hand. That means he wrote like at least this chunk here, the final greetings, but I'm guessing the whole letter by his own hand because sometimes his letters aren't written by his hand. There will be a note by the person who's actually writing it that writes some extra stuff at the end. Oh. Like I'm I the one writing this on bit like I whoever who Mine writes this says... even though it's a letter from Paul, they're the ones who are writing it down because he's in prison or something. Mine says, in my own handwriting, I, Paul, add my loving greeting. Yeah. All right. So it's possible somebody else even wrote down these words for him, and then he just wrote the greeting part, too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, that was... Really it doesn't really matter. The letter my... are Paul's words, whether he wrote them down himself or somebody else transcribed them for him. That shall be my only highlight. All right. What about you? Well, Ruby, what do you got for highlights? Uh, You can go over your highlights. I don't have... Do you not have anything? I've got a couple well, but they're kind of they're kind of scattered that's fine go ahead okay they're not even full verses really the biggest one i have is verse 10 when timothy arrives make sure that he feels at home while he's with you for he is advancing the lord's work just as i am yep it's a good one i don't know what else you want me to say about it timothy is a great uh person that's been working with paul and advancing the lord's work and i like verse two no um, every Sunday, each of you make a generous offering by taking a portion of whatever God has blessed you with and place it in a safekeeping. Then I won't have to make a special appeal when I come. On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will have to be made. Yeah. So it's just about what they're planning on giving so they don't have to, like, ask for it while they're there. Just already set some aside. Be prepared. Those are like the three highlights I had. I have verse 7. For I do not want to see you now and make only a passing visit. I hope to spend some time with you if the Lord permits. So one, he doesn't want to just swing by. He wants to be able to spend some time there. So that's why he's not coming yet. Mm-hmm. Two, I plan to do this as the Lord permits. A.K.A. God willing. <laughs> God willing. <laughs> um, which Jade Fire, I know you've been really good about saying that lately. Mm-hmm. So that's good. Good, good mentality to have. And then 13 and 14. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be strong. Do everything in love, which is patient and kind. It's not just a nice happy feeling. Doing, just trying to make them happy, because that's not what love is. Well, I mean, 
there are certain love languages that make people feel more loved. But true love is True to, love is that. Are, but like, to do things in love is to correct them where they're wrong, to keep them safe from themselves, things like that. But also, to do it in a kind way and a patient way and not a dishonoring way. Right? Yes. Okay. All right. And that's what I got. So. That would be an end. That is, well, that's the end of the reading part. Now, what do you think maybe is being asked of you in application? Um. I know there was one thing that got called out that was interesting. Oh, 24. 1024. No one should seek their own good, but the good of others. Which is also, if leading into spiritual gifts, you have certain gifts that you're well equipped for. Like thinking ahead and planning things out, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And you should be using those for others. The common good. Yes. Not for you specifically. I mean, you can benefit from it, sure, but Alright. So I think that might be a good place for you guys to think. Think about what gifts you've been given besides just, you know, your love of computers. Um but other areas because you have a natural tendency a to be leading. Children. People follow you, whether mm-hmm. you want to or not. You are automatically a leader, whether you want to or not. I know you want to be, but you already are, Jadefire. Mm-hmm. So you need to use that gift in leadership for the good of others, okay? Okay. Mainly your family, like your sibling, not, not even necessarily me. Um, although if you want to, you know, do good to me too, that's great. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Same thing with you, Ruby. I know you have gifts with children. But you also have gifts in planning and stuff, too. Yeah. I'm gonna stick with the children, though. <laughs> um, I love them. Anyway, what basically, I want you guys to think about how to help others instead of yourselves this coming week, okay? Okay. All right. And... You have to have your application. Application for the old man. The old man. Let me think here. Um, I mean, I should be working on... Well, there's uh, no division. What did, there was something I thought that stood out, but I'm trying to remember. Love. Love. Do everything in love. Like, stand firm and be oh. in guard and stuff. And, like, do things for the good of others, but do it in love. Like, I try to correct because I love you, but I don't always do it in a loving way. What? Would you agree? Yes. Thank you, Jade Fire. What? He agrees that I don't always do it in a very loving way. I can be harsh. But and cruel. That's... Possibly. Oh... That's not loving, is it? I don't really think you're cruel. I think sometimes I am. Okay. Right. Lost temper. I you agree can maybe sometimes. lose your temper sometimes. No. I wouldn't call you cruel, though. Okay, maybe just a little too harsh. Too harsh. Should uh, I pray? Yeah. Um, dear Lord, thank you for this time that, um, that I and the old man and Ruby can spend with each other. Um, thanks... Uh, for the Bible so that we can do these podcasts together and help us have a wonderful time tonight and tomorrow. Amen. 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 Alright, see you all next week where we'll be going through 2 Corinthians 1 through 8. Bye! Bye! See ya!